As someone who is so excited to garden this spring, yet really wants top quality soil, I'm really excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine, which is an esteemed brand renowned for its organic soil offerings. And if you're seeking to infuse your home environment with a nourishing essence that promotes flourishing plant life, you're going to want to listen to this because with over 28 years of expertise, Coast of Maine has meticulously crafted soils sourced from oceanic waters and farms certified for organic cultivation. It's so nice to find such a sustainable sustainable, eco-friendly brand who really emphasizes the importance of natural ingredients to enrich their soil. And I mean, they have, like I said, top quality with rigorous quality control and OMRI listed certification. Their diverse range of products caters to all gardening needs. Most of our soils may lack appropriate nutrients for success for our plants and our plants need this. We want to regenerate the healthy microbes in our soils to set up for gardening success and just for our plants to thrive. So if we add Coast of Maine products, this will indeed help. Whether you're planting trees or shrubs or perennials in your yard, adding Coast of Maine soil in your planting holes leads to a long, slow feeding of your plants, making them self-sufficient and vibrant, which we love. Let's say you want a vegetable garden. Not only will you receive abundant harvest, but there will be less feeding and maintenance throughout the season. Amazing. You know that everything grown in Coast of Maine soil is organic and safe for your family and friends right out of the garden. And then you get to also feel good about their sourcing as I'm so thankful they provide natural ingredients because they will never include household waste or biosolids. And we know that nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below cultivated from products and practices rooted in coast of Maine. And so they will continually perfect the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and the place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. We love supporting local and the products are carried by local retail partners who can provide advice and insight not found in big box stores. So Coast of Maine knows from beginner to expert. Anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community of gardeners everywhere. And their products make organic gardening simple and approachable so we can all garden. So let's get to growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. That's Coast of Maine, like the state with an E, coastofmaine.com. I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E, Medics. Thrive Cosmetics and Bigger Than Beauty skincare are not just makeup brands, they're a whole vibe. They're all about empowering us to rock our confidence, and when you support them, we are helping other communities thrive. Their stuff is not only easy to use, but 
no nasties, zero parabens, sulfites, phthalates. They are 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Let's talk lashes. Thanks to Thrive's liquid lash extensions, I must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush. It adds lengths. There are no clumps. And also, guess what? It slides right off with warm water. So no raccoon eyes here. And I appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. And it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics. C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. And you're like, no, all of it's made up, you know, none of it's actually true. It's all decided that this is just the way it is because we decided it, it, it is so, and it's just not really that way. And so I think that when you're trying to move this sort of societal thinking, which is very much set in their ways forward, <laughs> they, yeah. they want to throw stones at you and call you names. And there are the, there are, there's a the big faction of people who really do want to see progress and really do want to, you know, lift each other up and you know, and do want to support each other. But there's also the tall poppy syndrome in, in, in many parts of the world. Now let the magic begin. Hello, Soul Tribe. It's Raquel. And... At the time you're listening to this, I will be entering my third week at the ashram. Thank you very much. <laughs> Who knows what I'm experiencing in this moment. But for future Raquel's sake, I'm going to bless her now with an abundance of revelations and feelings of contentment and joy and many moments with divine guidance and unleashing her disrupt hyphen her side. <laughs> and also I wish that for you too. So, by the way, a disruptor, not disruptor or disrupting her, like disrupting someone, some woman, but just one hyphenated word, one noun, a disrupt her, like you see in the title. According to today's magical guest, Mickey Agrawal, a disrupt her is someone, anyone, even male who questions everything in her own life and culture and in society to ensure that she is maximizing her life experience before it's all over like a flash in the pan. Disruptors are unafraid to change forward and try new things, even if the terrain ahead is rocky and uncertain. She is bold and proud to be fully embodied in herself, flaws and all. She speaks up and shares her thoughts, even if society might be trying to squelch her new kind of thinking. A disrupt her doesn't have fail or failure in her vocabulary. She sees every experience only as an opportunity to learn and grow. And she prides herself on making any attempt at all in her passionate pursuits. 
A disrupt her knows that hate hers exists who want to take her down, but also that love hers exists who want to champion her in her pursuits. So thank you for being one of my love hers tribe. (laughs) The feeling's mutual. A disrupt her also knows that hate hers are only hate hers when they're hurt themselves. So she's learned not to take it too personally. A disrupt her who has children believes that being a mother should be on her resume rather than being seen as a detriment at the office, knowing that she can take care of another life selflessly around the clock. Even if she's sick or exhausted, she can multitask and is very efficient with her time. Only when we challenge and then disrupt all aspects of our lives can we live a more excited, impassioned, lit up existence filled with adventure and love, friendship, and fulfilling work that creates a positive ripple effect for generations to come. Aho to that Mickey. And by the way, one thing that Mickey notes is that though she uses the pronoun she throughout the book, It's implied to be written for both men and women, like the Bible or anything that Aristotle writes or man's search for meaning. Women will read those texts too. So for this text, it's implied for both men and women. So Mickey is the kind of woman that when she receives an inspired idea that lights her up, she'll make it happen regardless of the pushback from patriarchy or other women even, the hate hers, like she says, and simply people just doubting her as she challenges the status quo. What I loved about this book is that it reinforced my feelings about questioning so much of our systems in in the States and also in the world, whatever culture or society that we're in, which I've I've been doing since I was a child, honestly. For example, One example, questioning the church that was running the state that I live in, which is Utah. I questioned that since I was about 10 or 11. But to also think of the simple everyday conveniences that our society has simply accepted. For example, toilet paper. (laughs) When I was in Japan and when I was in France, I loved using their bidets and just wished that that we had them in the States. I wanted one at home. I remember even asking my folks to build one in. (laughs) Guess who actually not only acknowledged it, but ended up creating one for us here in the States? Mickey did, (laughs) but in a much simpler way. So we don't have to awkwardly walk to the next toilet like you do in France or spend a fortune on something super fancy like the toilets in Japan. She just has a simple clip on that she says anyone who can hang a painting can set up. And it's called Tushy. Hello, Tushy. This is not sponsored, by the way, but feel free to check out her creation at hellotushy.com. And you'll be hearing more about that during the episode. I do think Mickey has a gift of igniting a fire under our seats to actually do something about whatever may not be serving us in our own life. So I can't wait for you to hear the hows and the whys Mickey has created so much magic as she's also the founder of Wild, the first organic pizzeria, and the co-founder of Thinks, which all of her companies collectively value over $200 million. 
all inspired by little thought whispers in Mickey's mind. So I can't wait for you to hear Mickey's brilliant nuggets of wisdom. So much gold. And by the way, there is a slight possibility, check, there might still be, but there might not be an episode on April 1st and April 8th. And if not, please do something during that hour, hour and a half for your soul. Go out in nature, just a silent walk, meditate for a while, read. And of course, it would be amazing if you would write and journal or look at the journaling prompts I have for you on the site or go to a yoga class. Something, just something for your soul. But it might still be there and you can still go out on your walk with nature and listen to it. Whatever you choose to do, we'll see. The reason being is because I am at an ashram and there is not Wi-Fi. So this is actually pre-recorded and pre-scheduled. And because there is no Wi-Fi, it's a little hard for me to upload a new podcast, (laughs) which is fine. It's fine for, I think, your own magic to have a silent moment, but we'll see how it flows. Before I continue, just wanted to say, though I'm unplugged, if you're feeling the nudge to email me about anything, a question, or joining the Your Own Magic retreat, or whatever, Please do. I'm so looking forward to all your messages when I am released. When I'm out. (laughs) Sounds like I'm imprisoned. When I'm released. No. When I am leaving the ashram. Shall I read a quick poem? Here's one that is not much of a ramming poem, but something that felt very freeing for me and for one of my personal human experiences that may hopefully free something up for you too. The subtle beauty of letting go of the people who broke the great space they took up in your heart is that when you let them go, really let them go, they often come back in some way, attempting to mend the space for some days. But by then... Whatever power they once held can't be broken again. As the act of letting go is how you found the power to mend your own heart, your own soul. So if they ever try to crawl back in to the space that is now meant for someone new, for someone like you, you can show them a smaller corner. So if they do decide to be a goner, You'll be okay in light of your own honor. That is for all the love hers out there, the disrupt hers. <laughs> and now, I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Mickey Agrawal. I'm going to be staying at an ashram. Whoa, what's happening there? (laughs) There's absolutely no reason other than the fact that I've been wanting to do that for a long time. And I thought, you know what? Because, you know, stuff kept kept coming up for my business. And I realized as it expands, I'm never going to be able to have the time. So if not now, 
than one. So I made sure that I have everything in order and I'm just going to take off. I'm going to do it. Epic. (laughs) I know. It's just like a time to unplug, especially when you feel a little cluttered. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited. How's the New York life? It's great. It's, um, I feel, you know, I just, so I just, um, got a new, a new home and, um, and it's just so nice to be like surrounded by nature, even if it's in Brooklyn, it feels very like, it feels like I'm in a country house in Brooklyn. So it, 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 <gasps> it makes it less like intense and, and like, you know, yeah. so much, it, it's so, no, it feels, you know, unlike, you know, when it used to be really noisy, it's just very quiet. It's very sort of serene. And I sort of, you know, um, have a, have a garden. So I, I get to sit like right in the kitchen out in front of the garden. And it's, I mean, it's obviously snowing and it's winter, but the fact that I just get to be surrounded by nature is really nice. Yes. Wow. I didn't even know that existed in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not familiar, obviously. Yeah. Where do you live? I'm in Park City, Utah right now. Oh, wow. So you're around nature constantly. Constantly. Well, I just moved back last month from Hawaii, which of course you're also surrounded by nature. I need to be here. I need to be home. Amazing. <laughs> my my husband my husband's from Hawaii. <gasps> really? Yeah. What island? Yeah, he's from Maui. Yeah, he loves he loves I mean, we're going to Hawaii for our friend's wedding um coming up in June and he's so excited we're staying like a whole week just to check the check out his old hood and it'll be great. Your snag's like home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's his name? Andrew? Yeah. Wait, Andrew. I have it here. Yeah. Andrew. Yes, yeah. Andrew Horn. Yes, he's the best. He really is the best. He sounds amazing. He does sound like a snack. He is. Which I love that term, by the way. I'm going to talk all about that, of course, on the podcast. Yes. Do you have a snag yourself? No. I'm looking. That's all I want, though. Like, Are all you- I'm looking for is a snag. Okay, so let me tell you something. Tell me. Okay, so I'm I'm – I'm definitely the best Yenta ever, so I'm really good at setting really? people up. And so, you know, I'll, I'd love to know what your type is and what you're looking for. And the thing is, Andrew, my husband, has a um, uh, he, he started this men's retreat called the Junto. Check out wejunto.com, and it's basically a place for men to really master their emotions. And you know, it's a place for modern masculinity. Like, what does it mean to be a man today? Um, and, and he's really helping sort of create this rite of passage for men, um, so they can really feel, feel their feelings. And so he, there's a crop he's, you know, he's now been on, you know, he's, he's had now five retreats. So he has like a crop of like snags (laughs) that that I'll send you, I'll send you his profile. Yes. So I'm going to definitely insert this in here and people are probably wondering what in the world is a snag? Do you mind explaining what it is? Yeah. A snag is a secure new age guy, which is basically- Or gal. Or gal. A secure new age guy or gal. I'll actually read what a snag is from my book. A snag is tapped both into his masculine and feminine sides. He is strong yet sensitive, loves exploring and enjoying mindfulness and culture. He's open to sharing feelings, shedding tears, and not feeling emasculated when his partner tells him what they like in bed. A snag is someone who really loves learning and growing as a human and never thinks he or she is done growing. Um, he, I'm going to say he, but, but you know, it could be both. Yeah. He is not yeah. only willing to do the work on himself, but he's excited to unlock more within himself. He is secure mm-hmm. enough to find authentic joy in his partner's accomplishments instead of being jealous of them or competing with them. Um, a snag only compares himself to the previous version of himself. 
Oh my gosh. Yes. So you're hooking it up, right? With a snack. Oh yeah. I will, I will send you all the profs, all the profiles. (laughs) I got you. Wait, I'm serious. That's amazing. I am too. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) Seriously, the most brilliant acronym I've heard yet. (laughs) Yeah. So that we we were able to connect before you head off to your ashram. That sounds amazing. Head off to the monk life. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I want to do that. Tell me how it goes. I will. I'll, I'll give you all the details. You'll be really ready to meet your snag after that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think that there's some layers that need to be shed, and yes. then I can meet that snag. Yes. Well, but I want to talk about you. You're a phenomenal woman with a capital mm. W, and so I'm curious. What excites you and lights your soul up most in life right now? Um, well, I mean, number one is my, my, my son who's 19 months mm-hmm. old. Your dimple bootied son. <laughs> my dimple bootied sweet genius. He's, I, I, I don't want to be that mom who's like, my son's a genius, but he really, he's like 19 <laughs> months old and he can count to like 10 and he can like read the alphabet. He can read like, I would say like half the alphabet. He can, you know, he's just a really sharp, bright, like he's a photographic memory. It's just pretty, it's pretty wild to be just, just just being like bearing witness to his like you know just like learning about the world and life because I get to relive it again and I I know how I mean it sounds cliche but it's so true and I feel so joyful like I used to be one of those moms who would like you know judge moms like taking their kids to the park midday I'd be like wow half day mom mom you know what I mean (laughs) and um and now I'm just like kudos girl you know and yeah I really understand the the deep need to have a balanced life you know before I had mm-hmm. my kid I was very very just only business just like you know vagina to the wall what do you call it like <laughs> you know and um non-stop you know I I, I prided you know I, I prided myself on being so busy all the time and mm. having to schedule my pee breaks, you know, it was, oh, and, wow. um, yeah, it was like one of those things where I, I don't know. I, I think it's just like the Asian gene where it's like, Oh, you know, if you're not working <laughs> your ass off every five seconds, then you're not worthy. Um, but I think that there really is such a thing as working smarter, not harder, you know, Pareto's yeah. law, the 80, 20 principle, like, you know, 20%, 80% of your, you know, success really comes from 20% of your effort. Um, and the the specific effort so it's like just focusing on what that 20 percent is and just doing more of that and not kind of kind of like whiling my time away on things that don't really kind of move the needle because we all tend to do that right just kind of kind of like you know meander a little bit when we're when we're going about our day so when we're sort of okay like we have a very specific amount of time we're going to get this stuff done and that's it um you just tend to get a lot more done. And I, I find that to be very true for me as well. Um, I, I actually recently did, I recently did um, uh, my, my human design reading, which is something, it sounds a little hokey, but. No, no, no. Uh, what are you? Oh no. The listeners are all into this stuff. The hokier, okay. the more esoteric, the better. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a projector. <gasps> me which, too. Oh yay. Of wow. course. Of course. Yeah. Projectors are not meant to like work in an office setting necessarily are not, are not meant to, you know, really, um, you know, work like, like a generator would like, you know, a a full day or, or, you know, for, for a, a, you know, good amount of time, like, you know, projectors really work in spurts and in like sprints moments of creative inspiration. And then you kind of dip out and you kind of 
rejuvenate because you, you expend so much energy in those moments mm-hmm. of spurts, you know, and I feel so connected to that. Um, and I think that that's really how I operate. So I think I figured out like what, what really brings me joy right now is that I've kind of figured out a cadence for myself that really feels balanced, that feels really good, that makes me, I, I, I feel like I'm in, you know, a, a really great creative flow state right now because good. I'm giving myself the space, a space to create. Yeah. It's been awesome. Oh yeah. I mean, you've also been on a roller coaster of the work life as a female CEO <laughs> and just building all these oh businesses yeah. and being an innovator and people, people had also put you down and yet you still stood in your power in this patriarchal society. And that says yeah. a lot, I think about just the fire in you and even the projector in you guiding us mm-hmm. to see something beyond what we see in this physical reality. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that when you're trying to, you know, move the conversation forward, um, you know, if society is sort of thinking one way and this is the way it is and yeah. this is the way it's been in every aspect of, of our lives, like this is how you should think about your career. This is how you should think about money. This is how you should think about your relationships, monogamous only like all these things. And you're just like, Oh, Oh, okay. 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 I guess that's what my parents said. That's what my grandparents said. I guess that's just the way it is. Or that's what you know, like the videos and the TV people say, I guess that's just the way, you know, and you're like, no, all of it's made up, you know, none of it's actually true. It's all decided that this is just the way it is because we decided it, it, it is so, and it's just not, not really that way. And so I think that when you're trying to move this sort of societal thinking, which is very much set in their ways forward, <laughs> they, yeah. they want to throw stones at you and call you names and, and, and there are the, there are, there's a the big faction of people who really do want to see progress and really do want to you know lift each other up and you know and do want to support each other. But there's also the tall poppy syndrome in 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 many parts of the world where they want to cut off the people who are shining and who are who are trying to do do you know good things in the world. And um, so it's kind of like a a mishmash of both. And and you know it's it's also very easy to focus on the negative. And and I could you know, very easily go into sort of like an, you know, a, a, a sad hole of just like, why don't some people get me? And just like, that's just, <laughs> that just the way it, it is when you're trying to disrupt or disrupt society or try to move, move a conversation forward. I think it's just part, part of it. And, um, and you, and you can't please everyone. And, and it's really the goal is to, you know, I'm genuinely with full integrity doing my best to improve the lives of women and of people and to, you know, help the, help, you know, the planet, you know, as, as best as I can not use disposable products. You know, my, my current project is called Tushy and we're looking at... Which is amazing. <laughs> the concept is amazing. I need to order some. Okay, I'm sending I'm sending you one. <gasps> I'm going to send you one no and it will change your way. life. I'm not even kidding. Yes, I love done. you. It's done. No, no, no. Just so you know, like the, the fact that we've been so deeply indoctrinated to believe that toilet paper actually cleans us. I mean, you think about like everything else in your, in your life. Like you, you wash your body with water, you wash your dirty dishes with water, you know, like you wash your dirty car with water, your dirty animal with water, like every single thing that you have in your life, that's dirty, you wash it with water. And yet when it comes to the dirtiest part of our body, all of a sudden we've been indoctrinated to deeply believe that that dry paper is actually going to properly clean us. It's kind of, it's crazy when you actually really actually spend a second thinking about it. And, you know, in this country, like we, you know, since 1890s, you know, Charmin and Scott's and, and Procter and Gamble and these 
big gigantic companies who have millions and millions of dollars to market to us have just like really deeply indoctrinated us to believe that this dry paper properly cleans us and has forced us to buy this dry paper over and over and over again to the tune of 15 million trees getting flushed down the toilet every single year for just toilet paper consumption alone. You know, there's a big article that just came out about the Canadian boreal forest just getting literally wiped away for just toilet paper, which doesn't properly clean you. Um, You know, right now, the average American uses 57 sheets of toilet paper per day. And, you know, it requires requires a single... for a single roll of toilet paper, it requires 37 gallons of water to make one roll of toilet paper. And it's like, people are like, what about water if you're using a bidet? And we're just like, no, you're literally using one pint of water to properly clean yourself. We've created a super simple, beautiful, sleek, modern bidet that easily clips onto your existing toilet, unlike those expensive Japanese toilets and those like weird French bidets that you have to like shimmy over with your poopy butt <laughs> to clean to clean yourself. like. You know, we've created a super simple bidet attachment that clips onto your existing toilet and turns any toilet into a bidet in 10 minutes. It comes with like the little splitter and the little hose that connects right to your clean water supply. You know, it doesn't pull the water from your tank or your bowl. It pulls it directly from the wall. So it's like all, it's the cleanest, best, most obvious way to properly clean yourself. And, you know, another misconception, yeah, that people have are like, oh my God, poop, poop will just spray everywhere. It's just like, no, no, no. And like poop, no. poop goes down into the bowl. It gets pulled down with the water. So yeah, it's just like, we've been so led to believe that we just want to like shun a new idea away. Most people want us to call it all these different names. You know, one of the reasons why Americans haven't adopted the bidet is because, you know, a French person invented it. And, you know, during world, during world war two, when American soldiers went to fight in Europe, and they would go to brothels. The, 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 the soldiers, the American soldiers would go to French brothels when they were in France and they would see bidets in French brothels. And they said then associated bidets as something dirty and sexual <laughs> and bad. And, and, you know, and so when they came back to America, they were like, no, 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 you know, bidets are bad and, and, and sexual. And we were never in brothels. We don't know what you're talking about. Bidets are bad. And it just became a taboo thing. And, um, and, and that's just that sentiment has, has sort of like kept, kept on. And so, you know, it's about time that we really shift the, the, the consciousness around these wasteful practices of using these single use, you know, one time, like something that you consume over and over again, the way Procter and Gamble calls it as consumables. They don't call it disposables, but that's really what they are. They're disposable, consumable things, um, which, which makes them billions and billions of dollars. But, really, really hurts our planet, hurts our pocketbook, hurts our health and hygiene. You know, the average family spends, you know, five, at least $500 a, a year in toilet paper. So it's just, it, it, there's a lot of savings that can happen. There's a lot of, you know, trees, health hygiene, it's just all of it. So it's just sort of like, you know, when I realized that, wow, we've been so deeply indoctrinated to think a certain way in, in, in like these basic things that we do every day, like going to the bathroom, and even, you know, having a, having your period, you know, like I did with my previous company with Dinks, you know, um, it was just like, wow, like society is wrong about a lot of things. And it turns out that the people are interested in talking about, you know, these kinds of things. People are interested in, in moving the conversation forward. I mean, you know, my businesses, you know, as I, as I stated in the book, are, have collective valuation of now actually well over 200 million valuation and it's sort of like wow yeah and the fact of the matter is like people people do want to try new things and want to shift and so it it, so it made me really question 
everything in our lives that people are, are trying to talk shit about and, 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 you know, call, call us names around, um, you know, one of them being like money, the concept around money, you know, the reason why it's become taboo to talk about, to not talk about money is because, you know, it was only really behind closed doors where the power, you know, the only the people who were, you know, power hungry, um, and the dominating ones could really discuss monetary things. And then it became this sort of like weird taboo thing to talk about amongst the laymen because it just wasn't, it just, it just became so where only the powerful people talked about it and the less powerful people didn't. And so it just created this weird sort of like separation. And again, it's all made up, you know, same thing with a career path. It's like money is just a made up energy exchange that we've agreed to as (laughs) something, you know? So all these things, that's why I wrote the book. It was just sort of like to really look at 13 major areas in a woman's life that, um, really shows like where these current societal thinking comes from in these 13 areas, like how we've been so deeply indoctrinated to believe these things in these 13 areas, love, money, career, you know, purpose, perfectionism, like, you know, patriarchy, girl on girl hate, like the culture mm-hmm. of wanting more stuff, you know, the, the, the complaint, the culture of complaining, like, you know, like getting seriously to grow up. There's so many things that we've been led to believe that this is the way it is. And, and it's just not true. And it's just the way that it, it has been that was decided upon, but it doesn't have to be like that moving forward for ourselves if it's not authentic to us. And so the book looks at the 13 areas in our lives, uncovers where these historical sort of misconceptions come from, and then disrupts them one by one. So we all can live a really vibrant, sort of self-actualized, you know, powerful, badass, successful, that whatever success means for ourselves, like authentic way possible. Hell yeah. yeah. And encouraging us to push boundaries and to become disruptors. I'm so happy that you are out there sharing this. So more women are out there really becoming disruptors to really shift this patriarchal society, which there has already been a major shift since the early 1900s, obviously, but there's still a lot of white space. And so the more and more people that continue to speak up and continue to create, like you are, you are living, you are walking proof that when you do get an inspired idea that may shift the dynamic just a wee bit. It really can help our lives and also help the planet. It's amazing. Thank you. Mm, oh my gosh. I mean, we're all, we're all, we're all just trying to, you know, it's like there's a statistic that I talk about in my book that from the point we graduate college to the point we die, we only have 21,000 days to live, you know, that's it. And it just like time is oh the most, my gosh. yeah, time is the most non-renewable resource we have. And yet it's something that we just throw away and while away and just kind of like stick with our safe paying job because it's just sort of like, I guess that's what we're supposed to do versus like really pursuing your passions or at least going into a, into a career path that feels really authentic to you. You know Um, it's like, I know one of my dear friends is is a doctor and you know, he, he went to medical school, he had a shit ton of student loans and he, you know, is now like a doctor, at a really prominent hospital. And, you know, he, it's like, he has a dream of, of doing something else, but because it's like, he's the first member in his family to go to college, to become a doctor, to have this, it's just there's so much sort of pressure for him to even, yeah, societal pressure for him to stay in that job. Because like, if he wants to go out and do like, say TV work or be an actor or whatever, like, and fails, it's like his whole family and everyone will be like, why did you leave? You're a doctor. You know, it's just like, so part of, part of 
the thought is just like, do I just stay in my safe job or because it's, it's really a prestigious job that makes my family proud and, and does make me a lot of money. But if I'm not actually really happy doing it, then sh shouldn't I be allowed to shift? And in my book, I talk about and disrupt her. I talk about how even Michael Jordan, who is like the most well-known basketball mm -hmm. player, superstar of all time, when he retired from basketball and decided to try his hand at baseball, everybody in the media and in sports just shat on him and basically was like, go stick to basketball. You, you suck. And it was just like, all of a sudden the most, like the most celebrated basketball star was like thrown off the baseball, you know, diamond um, because it wasn't the path that he had originally kind of built. And so it's just sort of like, it's, it's, it's fascinating how, you know, we, we were all kind of like, yeah, kind of pigeonholed by society to have to think yeah. a certain way, act a certain way, talk about things a certain way. You know, if you're if you're a quote unquote feminist, you know, you can't you can't argue against feminism and say, hey, like, shouldn't we include men in the conversation? Because then all of a sudden the like the the real hardcore feminists, you know, people will just be like, you're with the other side. And just like, Ugh. no, I'm I, you know, I have a son and I yeah. I want us to all be have the conversation together. And it's just like, you know, I, I talk about that in my book and like how how to talk about feminism in a way that's like, you know, in a way that feels right to us where we don't feel like we have to talk about it in a certain way or else like we'll get taken down. You know, and the same thing with the patriarchy, you know, how, like it's like rather than fighting the patriarchy in a really like angry way, you know, you, you really think about it. Men, most men are victims of the patriarchy too. It was only a few, yeah, a few select group of, of power hungry men who, who wanted dominance and, and, and sort of, you know, power who, who decided to create this sort of patriarchal structure. And then all the other men had to kind of get in line and, and sacrifice their lives to go and fight, you know, for this, this sort of like patriarchal system. And so it's really on us as women to also catch ourselves when we're like, quote unquote, trying to smash the patriarchy without really understanding what it actually means and where it actually comes from just because it's a la mode, you know what I mean? So it's just, there's so many Absolutely. things that we, so hard to talk about that, that I address in the book. Which I'm so thankful that you do. And by the way, back to your 21,000 days thing, yeah. time itself is also a social construct. They make us think that we need to go to school for 12 years in order to succeed by the time that we're 30 and go to college in order to succeed in life and have this timeline, a typical timeline that's waiting, honestly, for us to disrupt as well in order for us to thrive and really live that life. And so we aren't stuck like your friend was stuck in that job where you are making you're comfortable, but you're not happy where you're at. Yeah. And I, and, and it's really all about really, it's all about being responsible too. Cause it's like, I've also had friends who are like, fuck it, like carpe diem. Like, I'm just going to go and like, you know, do the thing I'm passionate about, but then has no savings or does, you know, has a lot of debt or, you know, or, or just isn't doing it responsibly. So I, I really, you know, always advise people to always have at least you know, six months of savings um, before you, you you try your hand at, at you know fully fully quit what you're doing and try your hand at at something else. Um, just to like you know be responsible with the sort of like you know like eating and like you know having a roof over your head. Um, and so there there is something to be said about you know like you know instead of having going to get like Starbucks coffee or like you know expensive you know like blue bottle or whatever, you can just you know make a nice coffee at home and 
and instead of going out and eating food every day, you can make your own food. Like there's, there's a lot of things that can be done that, um, that, um, you know, that, that, you, that you can all of a sudden you're like, Oh wow, I, I just, I just saved up a, a bunch, you know? And, um, and, and that's when you can go out and, and, and do the, you know, try your hand at the new thing yeah. or, 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 or go find the job at a startup that, you know, where you, where you have to get a, a pay cut, but it's a, it's a thing that's, that, that really does make you interested and curious and excited and, you know, and, and, and want to, and want to support. So it's just sort of like what, what, it's just all about, you know, really being in alignment, like what you're thinking, feeling, and saying have to align, you know, oftentimes we're like saying something that's completely different to what we're thinking and feeling. Oh yeah. And my, you know, I've been working with a life and leadership coach for the last five and a half years, almost six years now. And, um, she and I talk all the time about that. Just like, where am I out of integrity with integrity doesn't mean being just a good person, but where am I out of integrity with where I'm thinking, feeling, and saying, like, where am I like grumbling about something? If I, if, if I grumble about the same thing three times, I have to talk about it, you know, and, and really solve it, you know? And so it's, it's sort of a really good, a good litmus test. Like, what am I grumbling about in my head and not saying, um, or what am I feeling, and I'm saying something different. Um, so sort of like if you c- catch yourself like, oh, I just grumbled about the same thing three times. I got to I got to take an action. I got to do something about it. Ooh. So it's a good sort of thing to think about. Ooh, yes. I can't believe it. I did it for a month. I gave up coffee for good for a month because, you know, I did drink coffee every single morning, sometimes throughout the day for over a decade. So um, I had to give it up for a minute. But thank God is for four Sigmatic because I could just use their mushroom elixirs and still get that great pleasure, humanly pleasure that coffee gifts us with the energy as well. But for Sigmatic, their coffees, their matchas, their mochas, their hot cacaos, they are some of humans' greatest pleasures. Well, mine at least, because every morning I rise, I'm really looking forward to this hot cup of Four Sigmatic. Uh, Lately, actually, the past few weeks, it's been the mocha mixes, which are just so delicious and have the superhuman superhero chaga mushrooms inside, providing us more benefits, more energy, and with just half the caffeine. And I drink that on my drive to my hot yoga. And then sometimes on top of it, I like to sprinkle a little cordyceps elixir for, you know, another pre-workout energy boost. And recently, I just ran out of their adaptogen coffee mix with Tulsi and ashwagandha and cinnamon, which is another favorite. Oh, it's so good. So I'm actually going to have to go on their site and order more because, yeah, you get a couple boxes when they sponsor you, but I need more than just a couple boxes. So I got to go order more at foursigmatic.com slash soul tribe for 15% off using the discount code soul tribe. My favorite of the actual mushrooms, though, is lion's mane. Because, uh, you know, the, the mushroom drink that Buddhist monks would drink to enhance their focus. So again, Forest Sigmatic is continuing to gift the tribe 15% off. Just go to the link in the show notes or go to foursigmatic.com forward slash soul tribe. One word, no spaces. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com forward slash soul tribe and enter the discount code soul tribe. One word, no spaces. For 15% off your magical coffee and mushroom elixir order. So good.
Well, I appreciate your emphasis on the importance of yeah. your postmortem, where yes. to let go of whatever happened and to manifest your future so you can live in that manifestation like it's with you now. There's so much importance to that. And also in that moment when you're going through something to be able to recognize oh yeah where you're at so you can shift to the right path to get back to where you want to be oh yeah no I always like having done a postmortem has been such an important part of of healing and just sort of like learning yeah. you know in my in, in disrupt her I talk all about um how to completely eliminate the word failure or failing forward or any one of those failing like mm. terminologies um out of your vocabulary because um it's like we're the only species, we're the only like, you know, being on, on the planet, the only species on the planet that talks about failure. Do, do you think like two birds or two animals are talking about failure next to each other? <laughs> no, they're like, all right, I didn't catch that uh, boar for supper. The lion's like, all right, I'll just try again. You know, I'll go a different path. I'll I'll sneak up on them from a different location, from a different yeah. angle. I'll go to the- they keep getting up and trying again. Yeah, and it's just true. like in, in, in Disruptor, I talk about the scout. And how the scout is always the person who oftentimes has to lead a larger group through an unknown territory, like say a, a dense forest to get to the other side, either it's an army oh, or, yeah. or a group of, you know, a community that they're trying to kind of um, make their way, you know, across somewhere. And the scout often goes on their own, um, which is the disruptor who goes into this unknown territory and has to find the path, the right path to kind of get to their side and, or to move, move this sort of notion, the concept, the idea forward and, um, you know, move this group forward. It, it's all the same thing. And, and so the, so this, the scout sometimes runs into a fallen tree, you know, sometimes runs into, you know, a ravine runs into, a, you know, a, a, like, you know, a bear chasing him, you know, or her like runs into all kinds of things. Like, do you think the scout is like, Oh, when I failed, I'm just going to turn around and cry. No, they're like, okay, this wasn't the right path. I'll try a different path. Okay, just okay, just ran into a bear. I'm going to go this. Oh, just ran into you know a fallen tree. I'll go somewhere else. Oh, I just ran into a ravine. I'll go a different direction. And oh, by the way, on my way to all these different places, had a fun adventure getting there. And I learned and, and I learned and I grew from it. It was fun. It was interesting. It was challenging. It was hard. But I freaking did it. And now I'm going to go and and do it, go a different path. And so it's sort of like when you do a postmortem, a postmortem is, is just to like reveal all the learnings and all the lessons, you know? So it's like in, in Disruptor, I talk about like the postmortem being three questions and you ask yourself what happened, what I learned and what could I have done differently? And um, you say, okay, what happens? Okay. So this happened. I ran into it, you know, what I could like a, you know, fallen tree, like what I learned, I learned that you know, on the way there, if I see some small like shrubs that are, I don't know, whatever, you know, you like that are just like that are, that have fallen. It obviously means that like there's, there's something that happened in this path that maybe I could have gone a different path a little earlier or, you know, what could I have done differently? Like that's sort of, you know, I think in business, it's so easy to just be like, I failed or I didn't, I didn't see that coming or I feel like I'm victimized from this tough experience because this happened to me. And you're like, no, you know, it's like if we took radical responsibility for everything that happened um, and, and really took them all as lessons and learnings and opportunities to, to grow, it all becomes fun, you know? And I, um, I, I, you know, I went through a really, really challenging period in my previous companies, um, you know, building it, built it, built a huge business, period underwear company. 
and, you know, had, had a really, really nasty experience at the very end of, of my, of my time, you know, having, you know, co-founded and, and built that business. And, you know, a part of me was like, wh- like, what the fuck? Like, is this real life? Like, I can't believe this is happening. And it was, but then I like got really over it quickly because my coach was like laughing in my face. She's like, what's the name of your book again? And I'm like, disrupt her, you know? And she was like, exactly. Like, you're the business of disruption. Like, this is, yes. is going to happen. Like, you're going to run into people who are going to try and t- take you down, talk shit, be mean. And, you know, and that's just part of it. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I just like immediately was just such a, it became like, it, it turned from a really like, what the fuck experience into, wow, like that was such an adventure. Like I learned so much from that experience. And like, here's what I'm not going to do again with my next company and how I'll protect myself better and all of that. And it just sort of like, it was just, it became a beautiful thing. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, and, and I, and I, w- and I did a postmortem and it was so, so powerful, powerful for me to do it so I can move through it much faster. Oh, that's so good. And you were able to shift from being a hate her, which you talk about, to a love her, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> so how can we yeah. <laughs> how can we better become more aware of our internal emotions to become greater love hers and cut out our hate her side? Yeah, I think we just have to constantly check in with ourselves. Cause I talk about in Disruptor in my in my chapter seven, I talk about how sort of like the external versus the internal spectrum of ourselves. And so it's like the idea is that whenever we find ourselves hating on someone externally, it like often reflects where we are internally. It sounds pretty obvious, but it's really, really hard to see in the moment. Like it is you yeah. know, when, we're, when we're talking shit. So the idea is that like, you know, in, in, in the book, I talk about how the internal emotional spectrum can be defined as a spectrum of emotions we feel at any given moment. It can range from happy, inspired, fulfilled, or secure to angry, hurt, sad, insecure, anxious, or jealous, depending on what we're experiencing throughout the day. Moment by moment, different experiences trigger different emotions within us. So we all teeter back and forth on the internal emotional spectrum throughout the day, and we must recognize that. And so the idea is that like the love to hate her spectrum is sort of um, a love her is a generous woman who's kind and complimentary. She has an abundance mindset and a generative spirit. She's a consummate champion of other women around her. A hate her acts out in a destructive manner and externally puts down or takes down other women or people to feel better about herself. She often acts out in a mean-spirited, negative way. She has a scarcity mindset and generally talks a lot of shit in person or online as a troll. And so the idea is that sometimes when we're feeling angry, hurt, insecure, anxious, jealous, or envious internally, we tend to be a hate her externally. You know, we act out cruelly, negatively, attempt to take others down. When we're feeling happy, fulfilled, and secure internally, we become a lover externally. We're kind, give compliments, or generous. It just the whole goal of this whole thing is just to be aware of everything, be aware of our biases, be aware of, oh, this is societal conditioning. Be aware of, oh, I'm feeling bad today. Like this didn't go my way. And I'm about to like, I, I feel like I want to talk shit about someone because I just had a bad day. You know, you're just like, oh, you just kind of you just start to get aware to like where you are in the moment, moment by moment, and just catch your thoughts, catch yourself like acting out. And it's like, I always, in my, in my book, I talk about the real clear distinction of, you know, the distinction of like, we are born love hers and we act out as as hate hers. We're not hate hers inherently. We just act out as such when we're feeling like shit on the inside. And so um, it's really about like leading with love. I think that if the, the, the feminist movement was, was really all about uplifting good men and about 
you know, using love and, and in a way that, that men were never taught how to do because men were never given the permission to be emotional, to be, you know, to, 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 to allow their emotions to come through. I mean, it's truly been about, you know, you know, being, becoming the killer male. And that, you know, has been something that, um, I've been reading up a lot about lately is just how, you know, men have, have not been allowed to be emotional. Oh, you know, he's just being like, he's mansplaining and he's this and he's that. You just never get to, to just men aren't given the space. And, and so, you know, women, we, we often, you know, like just, just call, call people names without knowing the full story. And so the idea is that, you know, if we can lead from a place of love, if we can, um, you know, do it differently. So in my book, I talk a lot about the bonobo apes and how the bonobo apes operate as a matriarchy, like unlike the chimpanzees, um, chimpanzees operate as a patriarchal sort of group and the bonobo apes operate as a matriarchy. And every time, yeah. And every time there's an aggressive male bonobo that tries to get with a female bonobo and procreate with a female bonobo, all the female bonobos come together and shun this aggressive male away. Wow. And this this aggressive male will die basically a lonely, miserable death by himself and will never get a chance to procreate with the kind, gentle, loving male bonobos and or and loving female bonobos. And in one generation, these female bonobos can turn what could be an aggressive society into a kind, gentle, loving one. And And now today, if we sort of like think about just sort of like parallel that to humans, right? We definitely can do that too. And especially women today, 64% of mothers today are either primary or co-breadwinners. 64% are either primary or co-breadwinners of mothers today. And so that means that women can get, get to choose with our wounds. We get to really choose a good man and not choose a killer male who is there to protect us from danger. You know, we can now choose a man who's more in touch with, with, with his emotions, who's more in touch with really lifting up women who's in touch, who's really, you know, into, um, into co-elevation with their female partners. And I think that just wasn't the way it, it, it used to be. And, and we didn't give men permission to, to be, to be emotional. It used to always just burst out in anger. And I think now, now if the more space we create for men to really feel their feelings, I think we'll be able to create a more equitable place. And, and that's why, like, I'm so proud of Andrew, my husband, who's created this really cool men's group called um, men's retreat called Junto. Um, like I said, check out wejunto.com. And the idea is um, to, um, the idea is to allow, it's a space, it's a, it's a really a place for men to be given permission to, to really share their emotional selves fully, authentically, wholly without being judged for it. And, um, as a place for them to really open up. So, yeah, I think that's 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 all been. It's just been a really f- fun ride, just going through the roller coaster of the ups and downs of life, right? Oh, that's powerful, and I'm so happy that Andrew has that that space. But for the men who who may stuck in that old fashioned patriarchy mindset and feel as though I'm far too familiar with men who indeed have a lot suppressed and so they just have a lot of pent-up aggression that snap yeah. randomly at other people and 
you know, we can't help, even though we do our best to for ourselves to control our own emotions, sometimes we're still surrounded by that toxic energy. So how can we mm-hmm. create healthy boundaries and stand in our loving power to perhaps shift their lens of perception of not only women, but also themselves? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so in, in my book, I talk about sort of the triple Q technique on how to fight the patriarchy authentically without having actually having to fight them at all. (laughs) And, um, and the idea, so, so it's a triple Q technique. So um, it's three Qs. So the first Q is um, quip back. And so, um, so it's quip back question quit. So quip back means that like men, the way men have been taught to emote is like, kind of like, to be honest, locker room talk, like bro talk, like talking smack, like, ho, 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 you know, like smacking their, you know, guy friends in the butts, like in a sort of like, it's like, that's the way that they've been allowed to be emotional because if they talk about their feelings, they're sissies, or if they talk about their feelings, they're like, you know, like, like, like weirdly attention hungry, needy men. And so the way men have been able to like be emotional in whatever way they know how is by joking around. And so, um, and so it's, it's, so if a guy, if a guy who's stuck in the patriarchy says some kind of like, you know, like man joke that feels like girls can't drive, you know, whatever, um, rather than being like outraged by it immediately, just kind of joke back initially, you start by joking back, you always start by meeting them where they are. And I talk about in my book, how it's all, it's, it sounds like it's annoying to meet people where they are, but, but, but I, I sort of like, you know, like give a, give a sort of reason why I think it's important to meet them where they are. So one of the analogies I give in, in, in my book is um, Whole Foods Market. You know, John Mackey is a dear friend of mine, the founder of Whole Foods. He's the godfather to my son. We have lots and lots of conversations about um, everything, really, about conscious capitalism, about just about everything. And, and he's a staunch vegan, and he's been a vegan for the last 30 years. And, and I, you know, one, one day I was at his house in Austin, and I was like, so um, why is it that Whole Foods has meat and, and you're a staunch vegan and you're like all about um, animal rights, et cetera? And he was like, oh, no, Whole Foods used to be a vegetarian store. You know, we were so puritanical in our thought process and we almost closed our business down in the first year. And we had two choices. One was to either be outraged that people were eating meat and how dare they, you know, do that. Or the second was to meet people where they are, offer meat, but the best possible meats, and then slowly teach people of the plant-based diet over time. <laughs> wow, and that worked you know, on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And wow. just like it worked on millions and millions and millions and millions of people. Wow. And it's just like, it's like either he could like get outraged or he can meet people where they are, offer the best, most humane meats and convert people, you know, of a plant-based diet. And he's done that in the most epic, impeccable way. And it's just like, as women, as women, we can learn from that too. It's like, we don't have to do it with outrage and, and with raising our fists because all that does is create divisiveness. All it does is it strengthens the patriarchy. It actually, you know, creates more, more, more problems. And so, um, and defensiveness. And so, because men are, again, they didn't invent the patriarchy. They're just kind of living into what they've been taught. And so when, when, when women are yelling at them, they're just like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. This is how I was raised to be. And, and this is what you want me to be. You don't want me to, you, you know, you want the bad boy. You want the guy who can provide for her. You want the guy who can, who is, who is not too nice. You know, if you go on a date, you're like, not nah, interested. He's too nice. You know, how many times have you said that? Like, 
you know, just like we, we're, we're, we're also conditioned so deeply to want the guy who can provide, who can who want the guy who's, who, who's, who has power, who want, you know, who, who's not too emotional, who can, you know, really, we, we've really, we've been conditioned too. And so, um, so it's really about meeting them where they are. So step one, the first cue is quip back, just meet them where they are, say a joke, joke back, just like find a way to like, you know, not get outraged immediately by them being just who, what they've been taught to be. So for quick cue, first cue is quit back. And I know sometimes it's like, oh, it's so annoying. Why do I have to meet them where they are? Like, blah, blah, blah. It's just a more like lo- long-term thinking way of doing it because it's so easy to be like, we should change them now. And it should be done now. And why should we even deal with it? Because we bird them, we made them like, and it's true. Like I, I do, I do say that in our book. It's like, we, we do live in a weird hypocrisy where we literally make the people in our wombs, including all men, we, we birth them through our vag- vaginas. We like, ra- we like let them suckle on our teats. And then we like, you know, and we, we raise them. And then like, you know, a lot of men around the world turn around and oppress us, you know? And it's just like, it sounds like the most ridiculous hypocrisy ever, but that's the way, that's what they were taught. And that's the world that we've, we've lived in. And so it's just sort of like, it's, it's on us to unravel all of us, including women on what we're conditioned to want to men too, everyone. And so number one is quit back, meet them where they are. If that doesn't work, sometimes men are very much stuck in, in the way they are. A lot of great men are interested in changing, are interested in doing the work on themselves. I talk about my husband, how he was addicted to porn when I met him. You know, he was, he was a pretty much a frat boy when I met him, you know, and, and it took two years for him to really get off porn and for him to really, um, you know, but he was so, and to really like get present in the bedroom and, um, but he was so willing to learn and so willing to grow and so willing to do the work and so willing to, 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 to figure things out that, um, that, that, that's great, you know, and like, that's, that's the kind of man that's totally fine. Like you, you can, you know, if who are willing to grow in the same way I was willing to grow, I was willing to meet him where he was and I was willing to really support him and, you know, and like, it's it's a it's a it's a meeting of it's not just like oh he has to do all the work it's like we have to both right. work together and fight our own biases together right and um and, and so, so it then, took time it took time and so for yeah. sure it took two years to even just get to like you know level well that's hard too for men to give up porn that's when they've oh, been yeah. doing it since it was, they were a child yeah they should everyone should watch the movie Don John it's a really yeah. incredible movie. Um, yeah. So the first cue is quit back. The second cue is question. So if the guy is still firmly stuck in his patriarchal sort of preconditioned mindset, um, and, and you, and you've quit back, you've joked back and he's still a dick, you know, or still mean or still, you know, not, not, not really getting it. You question, you're like, Hey, like, you know, why, why'd you say it like that? Like, you know, um, is everything okay? Like, you know, what's, what's going on? You know, you kind of just like question them. And oftentimes they ne- most of the time they never get questioned for being, kind of like not very nice you know they're just sort of like oh this is the way it is like I'm just gonna you know like this is just the way it is and um and so uh it's like questioning them is so important is to really just be like you know like how does that make you feel when you when you say that to me like that you know and so just sort of like you know like what's the positive takeaway like you ask you ask sort of like questions that are kind of relating to their feelings and and they're like oh shit I'm sorry I, I you're right like I was really fucked up with me like I shouldn't have said it like that or if they if they really like can't catch themselves when you quit back but then 
catch themselves when you question them, that's fine. Like, you know, you, 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 they, you know, you, you, you asked them a question and they were like, then they kind of were like, Oh shit, you're right. I was, I wasn't being very kind when I asked you, I was, I was, I was totally thoughtless when I said it, like Andrew, my husband and I talk a lot about like how he's not trying to be mean. It's just thoughtless because it's just the, the way it's been for so long Yeah. that to like get someone to do, it's just like, you don't, you're not thinking about it. Right. And so you, once you have to like make them aware of what they're saying and what they're doing and how that doesn't feel good a lot, like over and over again sometimes for years. Because in the moment they don't think about it. Like my brother, he likes to snap sometimes. I like your idea of quip, like meeting them where they're at. Um, yeah. Usually I'm like, all right, I've been here before. He, it just takes him some time, you know, to like come together and yeah, uh, snap out of that, <laughs> you oh. know, snap out of the anger. And then he apologizes and all that. He doesn't snap at me, but snaps about things. Yeah. And so – Totally. Um, he's very conscious about not being mean toward to me, which is great. But at the same time, he still can snap. And so this is gold for me. Yeah. Is to yeah. recognize, meet them where they're at. But also it's going to take time because it's been passed down. I mean, my dad has it too. Yeah. It's been passed down. Yeah. It has been passed down. It's, a, it's how, you're, yeah. how you're being modeled. Yeah. They're wow. modeling. And so the third, so if they're still like not getting it after you've quit back and you've questioned them, then you quit and you and you don't quit like fuck you I'm out of here you're an asshole like you sort of like you kind of float away with kindness you know you kind of like you just say kind of like hey like mm. you know what like I really want to have this conversation with you but you know I don't think this moment is really serving either of us I think we should just end this interaction and come back together when we're less triggered you know and it just sort of like yeah we just kind of like yes. calmly try and walk away and just quit the moment in a way that's just sort of like you know, that's with kindness. It's not like, it's really because like, you know, we tend to be like emotional when we, we're not getting like the response that we want. And I, I, I too have been very, very, and, and, and am still caught up sometimes in, in, in upset. And then like in the moment, the moment and then I catch myself yeah. and I'm like, oh wait, like, sorry, you're right. Like I definitely, um, you know, overacted overreacted in this moment and then you kind of like but you know the more and more you you are aware the faster you catch yourself and the faster you can move through it the faster you can make amends and the faster so it all kind of people need time to process but the more you do it it's like a muscle you're building this muscle and the more you consciously shift it doesn't last as long whenever I have a downward spiral for a moment I feel like it really is only a moment because I have built that muscle to be able to recognize it and step out of it. Like instead of suppressing it, like releasing it and actually yeah. stepping out of it more instantaneously. Totally. Totally. And so, yeah, the quit back question, quit triple Q technique, I think is a really smart way to, to, to think about it. And also like to fight the patriarchy authentically is by choosing with our wounds. Like I said, the bonobo apes and doing like the bonobo apes and we can really, we hold the power of humanity inside of our wounds and we literally could choose the good, kind men who uplift us, who co-elevate with us, who want to do, who really want to work on themselves, who want to help you work on yourself, who are like open, and, you know, and, and, a, and a lot of men are like that, you know? And so if we uplift those men and choose those men and don't choose the assholes who are power hungry and who have been, you know, really bred to be that patriarchal, you know, conditioned dude, like, and again, not his fault was conditioned that way too. But that might not be the, what we want to perpetuate from a cultural perspective moving forward. And so we have to choose, we have to choose the good men too. Like we, we're, we're, we're often not, we're often choosing, we're also often making excuses 
we're often, you know, just like still going with the guy who is like our dad. We're still doing all those things. And it's just like, <laughs> no, you know, we, we don't, we don't need to do that. We can all come together as women and choose, you know, choose the good men. And, and that, that is how we fight the patriarchy. And one generation can completely shift society for the better if we all as women chose better. And so it's on us, you know, Damn, Mickey. (laughs) a message to my fellow Yomi. You don't need anything to be more beautiful than you already are, as you know, but I do understand the uncomfort of walking around with digestive issues. And I've also seen my beautiful friends that are so glowing and radiant but they happen to have a hard time with their skin. And both of these issues show that there is something unbalanced from within. And that is why I am so, so, so happy to have Hum Nutrition stay with your own magic as one of our most supportive sponsors and for the Yomis who have worked with their tried and true supplements. And of course, some humanisms in this human experience create more challenges so hum may have many different solutions to help you out with that they have the highest quality supplements as they meticulously select the right just the perfect micronutrients to balance the beauty from within from the tummy issues or skin and nails and metabolism and energy and sleep or deficiencies like B12 and vitamin D, or just a complete detox of the body. Hum has a variety of gluten-free, non-GMO products, and most of them are vegan. So for the Soul Tribers, you can receive a free nutrition report to find the right nutrients to balance your deficiencies. And you can also receive 20% off your purchase. So you'll not only be supporting your own magic by supporting our sponsor, but you'll also be supporting your shell. So just go to humnutrition.com and enter the promo code MAGIC for 20% off. That's humnutrition.com, promo code MAGIC. when we stand in our power and we become an influence, sometimes, yes, you can talk to somebody and change their mind right away or change their lens of perception on the situation. But when you actually do it yourself and you become the influence for that, women, other women are more likely to do it too if they become inspired. Or hopefully they pick up a book like yours and just become more aware of it. <laughs> I mean, I hope they pick up my book. <laughs> but but I mean, but I mean, I but I think it really is, it's a manifesto. And I think that's why, yeah. You know, I wrote it, I think, um, just having built my company is, you know, commenting with Tushy. And oh, by the way, do not go to Tushy.com. It's a very graphic porn site. <laughs> go to <gasps> go to HelloTushy.com. HelloTushy.com. <laughs> Noted. And get an amazing modern day and save trees and save your health and hygiene and save your money. It's everything. But, you know, uh, I mean, building all these things, it just like so much became clear and apparent um, that... I think it's it's really it's a really eye opening, fun, you know, picture filled book that I think um, your listeners will will love. It truly has my favorite book cover. Yay. The inside is just so fun and playful too, but the book cover is just 
it's like boom a power woman the eyes and the mouth mannerisms it's there's just so many stories of strength written on them yeah and also it's like the big red sort of like blood stain in the front is really it's really all about like disruption requires blood sweat and tears you know and it's not like for the faint of heart it's just like it requires everything you've got to really move the conversation society forward and um I think if we all really operated from a place of of pure passion and authenticity we can really really change the world so fast and save the planet truly and like we're, we're it's in such a tough place and and we really we need to you know i mean just by switching from toilet paper to a bidet you can save like the boreal forest Ugh. you know in all of canada it's real it's real and so um you know it's just really important for us to to consider all the things that we're doing on a daily basis and there's red splashes of wisdom all over it and Yay. all the different drawings and everything too it just makes it so entertaining engaging and <laughs> Reminds me of, I mean, I, I, I think it's also very fitting because in the beginning you talk about um, that childlike, like getting into that childlike behavior, which is gold, because the common belief is that we get too serious as we grow up and then the disrupt herself says that we can still live in a childlike state of curiosity and playfulness and awe and be responsible adults at the same time, which is brilliant. So how do we rediscover this childlike enthusiasm for life and still be successful adults? (laughs) I think it's putting ourselves in playful settings. I think that we have been taught to get serious as we grow up and to get your head out of the clouds and sit down and be quiet and don't talk out of turn and, you know, if you want to go to college and shut up and listen, if you want to get a job and shut up and listen, you know, we've just been taught to get in line and to obey from such an early age that we forgot that our creativity is one of the greatest ways to really improve the world and, and to really, um, you know, move a conversation forward and, uh, and innovate. Um, I think that uh, when you put yourself, when you put yourself in a position of playfulness, especially like when I put myself in positions of, of playfulness where like, you know, having my family barbecue and doing a three-legged race and egg toss and going to Burning Man and, and going to <laughs> festival fun things and organizing fun, silly gatherings at our house. And, um, you know, that that actually triggers a lot of ideas. You know, my idea for my, my previous company, Imperial Proof Underwear, would never have been born had it not been for our family barbecue and defending our three-legged race championship title. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear the story there. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, we were, we were just defending our three-legged race championship title. My twin sister and I were, were were tied together and we were sprinting, you know, in the middle of the race, my twin sister started her period and we had to sprint, sprint through the finish line, um, still tied to each other um, and, and it had to run up the stairs, still tied to each other, to my parents, like to the family room. Um, uh, toilet bathroom and my sister like took off her bathing suit bottoms and as she was washing out the blood from the bathing suit bottoms was when the idea hit you know wouldn't it be amazing to create a pair of underwear that never leaked that never seen and that supported women every day of the month and that sort of triggered the idea for for the period underwear business and it was just sort of like pretty wild how um that grew and grew and grew and grew from a fun little idea that was born out of a three-legged race so yeah I mean I think, and then you created it yeah you, I love that like a lot of people we think of the idea but we don't take any action but every it sounds like most every time well I don't know you've probably had a million ideas but you did take action and you did create it and also when you created the organic pizzeria 
Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Yep. Yeah. Wild is still, we're still going. We have three locations oh, and we're actually opening our fourth. Um, and uh, it's a really fun journey as well of insanity where I can't, I mean, I have such, such, such deep respect for people who own restaurants and anyone who's always, you know, I, you know, when you always go to a restaurant, someone's complaining about a late, like a, you know, something that's been delayed. And I'm like, you don't understand like <laughs> what's going on in the kitchen right now. Like, you know, and so, yeah, it's, um, I really, I think I have so much, I, I've developed, a, a, I think I, I think I developed a work ethic, um, uh, you know, uh, from working seven days a week, you know, 20 hours a day for seven straight years before, bringing in my amazing partner to run the run the businesses for me and with me. Um, so yeah, it's been quite the, and it's, and it's a gluten-free farm to table pizza concept. If anybody doesn't know what wild is. Um, and it was the first gluten-free farm to table, local organic when possible, like, you know, all the, all those terms before any of those terms were terms. We started that pizza concept in 2005 and it was such an up, uphill battle to get people to talk about, and, and eat it. They were like, ew, gluten-free pizza probably tastes like cardboard, disgusting, organic, nasty. That's literally what this, the sort of the sentiment was about organic food back in 2004, 2005. And so it was such an uphill battle to get people to talk about it. And um, if you want to check that out, go to eatdrinkwild.com. And you can go to Eat Drink Wild on Instagram. You can see the amazing pictures at Eat Drink Wild. Mm. And it's delish. And You'll there you go. Disrupt in social yeah. norms again. And now look at society. Everything is gluten-free. <laughs> Pretty much everywhere yep. has gluten-free options. Yep. And it's yep. almost like, why are you eating gluten? I know. Gluten? <laughs> yeah. We literally, I feel like we, we like, I feel like for for a lot of these, it's been really fun to watch sort of the trend begin. Yeah, and you know when when it's such an uphill battle, and then and then now it's a thing like gluten free pizza and period everything, and like now Tushy more, more talking about poop and yep. bidets and why are bidets not in America, and um, it's it's been really fun to to just feel that cultural zeitgeist shifting as a result of of our hard work, you know, and fun. those inspired ideas from whatever was going on, like the three legged race and. I believe you yeah. had like a lot of health issues when you started wild. Yeah. I just had stomach aches, lots of stomach aches. Stomach yeah. Aches, from yeah. eating all this processed crap on sets of commercials, music videos when I was working as a PA. And See? And then you created it. And then you yeah. created it. So I can't, I can't yeah. wrap this up without, well, of course we have to do a rapid fire, but I'm not going to be able yeah. to wrap this up without asking a successful scenarial entrepreneur, serial mm-hmm. <laughs> entrepreneur like yourself, these two questions. So. Okay. For those of us that are looking to innovate and create a new business, what is one first step that we should take today and one piece of advice you'd want us to take away? Um, I would say, I mean, the, the easiest thing is to start by reading my first book, Do Cool Shit, um, yeah. with a subtitle, yeah, <laughs> Quit Your Day Job, Start Your Own Business and Live Happily Ever After. Um, but I would, I would say the first step really is to start participating in in lots of different sort of events and to meet people who are interested in the category that you're in, who are working in the category that you're in to really show up and participate and, and give, bring value to others and, and, um, and, and really create that sort of community of people who have like-minded people, you know, start organizing dinner parties and start bringing people together and start 
really talking about your idea and, and, and workshopping it. No one's going to steal your idea. Everyone's always like, well, I don't want to talk about my idea. I want to keep it under wraps. And I'm always like, if you really believe in yourself and your idea and, and then no one, then no one will be able to do it like you, you know, no one will be able to do it in the way you're going to do it. So just talk about it. Cause the more you talk about it, the more ideas you get, you know, I was just talking about, um, Tushy, um, with my friends and how I'm talking about, we're creating a potty trainer for Tushy right now. And, um, it's really fun. Cause like my, my, I'm about to potty train my son hero and potty trainers are such a pain in the butt, awful experiences. And, um, and so we're creating this really amazing potty trainer and, um, just in conversation at a dinner party, um, <laughs> we, we came up, we workshopped the name and came up with a name. And like one of my friends who's a DJ, French DJ, English second language came up with the name for it. Um, and, and that's gonna be the name for wow. it. You know what I mean? And so it's just sort of like, the more you talk about it, the more you get ideas from all kinds of different people who have different, you know, um, experiences. I mean, he's like a producer and a DJ and like, you know, makes music, but thinks analytically and thinks about things in a different way um, from you and from, from other, other people like you. And so it's just so fun to brainstorm with all kinds of different people. And so don't ever hesitate to talk about your idea, show up to places, seek people out, organize dinner parties, create community, really nurture that community because that is that those are the people that are going to really have your back when you go through tough times um, and, and, and really start your embark on your journey because you need a strong community to really have your back as you're, you know, going through the, the roller coaster of, of starting and growing anything. So I would just say show up for others, support others, participate often in everything that, and, and just, and organize and create experiences and, and you'll have a community. You'll, you'll learn a lot. You'll, you'll be able to really kickstart your idea in no time. Oh, that's brilliant. And then the accountability factor too, because yeah. now that you've talked about this with people, like you're making another thing happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. so great. Absolutely. <laughs> well, are you ready for a rapid fire? Yes. All right. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Morning routine? Um, 20 minute meditation. Um, TM. Uh, TM, yes. <laughs> That's what I always figure when people say 20 minutes. Yeah, TM. And then uh, Bob Roth is my meditation teacher who is amazing. Mm. Um, and, uh, and then I go and see my son and, and read him like at least five books. <laughs> and then, um, and then I try and, and I stretch. I do like a nice stretch. I have a Japanese calisthenics eight minute thing that I often do. Um, which, which is just, it's a really fun thing called Raggio Taiso, Raggio Taiso. And, um, yeah, and I do that. I'm half Japanese and I've been doing that since I was like literally four years old and it just, it lubricates every joint in your body and it's eight minutes and it's super easy and it just stretches you out and just gets you ready for, for your, for your day. And then I go down and make myself some hot water with lemon and drink that. And then I usually have like a big morning poop, <laughs> use with my tushy, tushy bidet. <laughs> yeah, obviously. And then um, I make myself a little, a little breakfast, and then I'm off off to off to races. Ooh, what's your favorite breakfast? Um, lately, it's been I've honestly it's so weird, but I've been eating salads for breakfast because I've been just just like really craving greens, and it's weird because I don't ever do that ever. But usually it's a smoothie. Usually it's a smoothie that you know we make. But I've just been making myself these delicious. I just got these liquid amino acids, Bragg's liquid amino acids that are so delicious. And the nutritional flakes, and then I've got like 
have a like organic carrots and radishes and celery and then like butter lettuce and spinach and I just mix it all and then I put some some cashews and I mix it all together. I've just been doing that these last few days and it's been so I've been so energized from just eating like a nice yummy salad for breakfast. <laughs> that is so interesting. But yeah. it's so but there you go, disrupting the social we're assuming that you want pancakes or a smoothie, but nope, know, you right? want a salad. Yeah, yeah. And it's been really good. I felt I've been feeling really good eating that every day. That's great, actually. Yeah. What is your mantra? Not your TM mantra. I mean, you mm-hmm. can share that too, but what is your mantra? Yeah, my mantra has always, I mean, has always been, I think, of it's been iteration is perfection. You know, um, it's, you know, iteration is perfection just means that, like, as long as you're constantly improving, even if it's micro improvements all the time, constantly in everything that you do, business, personal, like, everything that you're doing uh, yourself, your, your, you know, your, with your relationship, if you're constantly iterating forward and, and making small adjustments, like that's perfect. It's not about being perfect, but it's the iterative process. That's perfect. I talk a lot about that and disrupt her as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really iteration is perfection. It's the, yeah, that's, that's been my mantra. I love that. Your Zodiac sign. Aquarius. Oh, how about your son's? Cancer. Oh. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> How about what's your spirit animal? My spirit animal it has been a um, baby puma. <laughs> oh, cute. And how about your son's spirit animal? Oh my gosh, his is, I would say, a little bear cub. A little bear cub, cute. Hero happy, the bear cub. Hero happy. Cute. <laughs> he's the best. I really, he's so joyful and he brings just so much joy in my life. And he's always like, Mama. And I'm always like, Hero. And he's always like, Mama. And I'm always like, Hero. And he's always like, Mama. And I'm always like, Hero. And we do it for like 10 <laughs> minutes. And I just, like, I have like endorphins, like serotonin, endorphins, like every single thing of joy of the joy everything is just like firing in my brain as we do this like hero mama hero mama it's like the most wonderful exchange and i just just like i i just love it so much and oh. it just brings so much joy into my life so much happiness hero yeah. happy hero happy i'm always i'm always like hero what's your middle name he goes happy <laughs> oh, I can hear the love in your yeah. voice. Obviously, the passion for him in your voice. <laughs> what is happiness. true happiness? I think true happiness is being in full alignment. It's just like yeah. when you feel fully aligned. When you're like, you know, what you're you're doing in your life, and and who you're with, and who your your people are, and. Um, what you're thinking, feeling, and saying match up and, um, you know, that you just speak your truth fully and openly and unapologetically, no matter what comes back from it. Um, the, you know, as long as you're, you're fully in your truth, it's just like the most, the more, the most aligned and the most happy you could be. I'm, I'm the happiest I am now because I just speak my truth. Wow. Since we were talking about this one earlier, I have to bring this one up. Define failure 
as you see it today now? Yeah, I think failure has been replaced with the word revelation. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and I so much is revealed to me every every day, both positive and, and negative and, and you just get to if you if you experience it all through the lens of learning and growing and, and revealing, then it's it's actually really fun to go through that. And define love. Love is um, just like heart abundance when you feel when I, I feel my heart is abundant um, when I think about my loves in my life and I just feel just like my heart is just overflowing with mm. joy yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the universe gave you billboards at no mm. cost it's a gift for you to share one message across the main highways and major cities all around the world, mm. what would these billboards read? Uh, it's so funny because um, that one person said this, 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 these three words, which is um, assume positive intent as mm. something that you can put it, put on a, put on a loudspeaker. I think it's such a beautiful thing to think about. Um but I think for me, if it's if it's on a billboard, um, I would just say like everything is made up. Everything in the world is made up. So literally, like create your possibility. Like just create, create your possibility. Just just like create anything, and it's and it's real. That's your life. <laughs> 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 so this is this is the last question that I ask all the Your Own Magic guests. How would you advise the Your Own Magic listeners to create their own magic? I would say by really figuring out how to get in, in alignment with yourself fully, fully, fully. And if that means yeah. going in and finding someone to really hold your hold you in your truth. Um, and you get to really purge and feel and cry and go through and then come out the other side and laugh and create and hold you accountable. I think like having an accountability buddy is so important to having someone hold you accountable to, to everything that you do. Um, I think that would be, that would be it. Oh, yes. Golden wisdom from Mickey, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Where can everyone find you? Um, well, definitely check out disrupther.co if you want to see me being birthed out of a vagina <laughs> and just kind of like, you know, just, I just made a little video poem, um, Beautiful. inspired by the book. Um, so check out disrupther.co. Um, you can find out all my other projects at mickeyagrawal.com. Definitely check out my Instagram handle at mickeyagrawal and get a tushy yeah. at hello tushy on Instagram and hello tushy.com. It will change your life. It will save trees. It will literally save the planet. It will save the boreal forest. It will save water, billions and billions of gallons of water. It will just, it will change. You. You'll feel more confident and amazing having been cleaned down there. No more UTIs, no more hemorrhoids, no more yeast infections, no more any of that shit. Just get a tushy. Hello tushy.com. Thank you so much. Uh, I can't wait to try a tushy. Uh, <laughs> oh yes. yeah. Oh yeah. Give me your address. I'm sending you one immediately. Oh my God. You are the best. Oh, thank you. Yay. Seriously. This has been so amazing, Mickey. You are truly a phenomenal woman, a goddess. And I, oh my gosh. yeah, this, this was such an honor. Thank you. Oh my 
gosh ditto thank you so much and um have the best time on your ashram retreat and i look forward to getting you to snag profiles thereafter <laughs> Dear Yomi, thank you so much for listening and lending your ear. And feel free to ping me if you had any aha moments or just anything that resonated deeply with your soul. Perhaps you want to share it in the Your Own Magic Facebook group with over 7,000 high vibing souls to connect with from around the globe. A link to that tribe is in the show notes. Many Yomis have been meeting and networking and just connecting with new like-minded magical friends, and it's all free, of course. There is also, I don't know if you know this, but I am hosting a retreat with my dear friend and spiritual medium, Brie Melanson, in Bali this July, July 22nd through the 26th, where she will be doing a lot of channeling. <laughs> so just go to yourownmagic.life slash retreat for more info and we will be celebrating our souls with many goddess rituals and connecting with nature and meditating and powerful breath work and spiritual rituals and clearing energy blocks and of course we're going to be eating a lot of high vibe plant-based food so prepare your tummies for that <laughs> but most importantly we will be deepening connection with fellow yummies in person and tapping into our own magic also, if you're interested in the exclusive Soul Tribe site that is full of different types of meditations and meditative imaginings to enlighten your day and self-expansion and soul expansion journalings, spiritual tools and rituals, and just so much more, that's a side service I offer for you. So just go to euromagic.life and sign up for $4.44 per month or $44.44 for a lifetime beginning this year. <laughs> so if you paid $44.44 this year already, you have it now for a lifetime. So thank you. And most importantly, thank you for just being an amazing listener and have a magical day. <laughs>